if I feel like fearful of anything, I try and just do it anyway, because it's never as bad as you actually play it out to be in your head. And what I found is when you, when I feel scared, I'm like, oh, blah, 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 and you just do it, it's actually a hell of a lot better. And it's actually like, oh my God, this is amazing. And generally, every time I've done something like that, opportunity is always followed. But I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and like the secret and everything. Welcome to Millionaire Secrets, where we are pulling back the curtain on what it takes to be a seven-figure entrepreneur, giving you the hacks, the shortcuts, and the wisdom from entrepreneurs who are achieving amazing levels of success today, proving that no matter what your story is, no matter what your version of success is, you can take the secrets of success and change your own truth, your own reality, and become limitless. My name is Bethan Jepson, and in this series, I will bring you amazing guests to reveal their millionaire business and lifestyle secrets. So I actually started recording this podcast just before we went into lockdown, and obviously since then the economic climate has changed people's way of life has changed significantly so I just want to make sure that along with you know the inspiration the tools um yeah the motivation the little tips and tricks that you're going to learn in this podcast alongside all of these things I want to make sure that you are equipped right now for the current situation so you and your business can thrive because it's totally possible if you look at companies such as google microsoft facebook you know they were founded in or around recessions um, and if we look at the 2008 recession obviously the most recent one that was when uber was founded and you know uber has obviously massively disrupted an industry which hadn't really changed that much um So there is tons of potential right now. So I just want to make sure that you are equipped. So make sure you listen all the way to the end of this podcast because I'm going to be giving you something that is really going to help you right now to not only survive the kind of unknown, but actually thrive in your business. So just make sure you listen all the way to the end and you will not regret it. Enjoy this podcast. Welcome to episode number three. I am super excited to introduce Jessica Cunningham to you in this episode. You may know her from The Apprentice 2016 or Celebrity Big Brother 2017, or you might know her from her successful business career starting off in fashion and now as a celebrity life and business strategist, teaching people how to speak their truth on stage and in the media, how to increase your influence and how to have the courage to be authentic and real with your audience and the people that are watching you. After following Jess for a while, what I really admire is that she is totally, unapologetically herself. And I think that's why she has had a successful career in the media and why she's built up influence with people like celebrities who I imagine are surrounded by a lot of fakery. I also personally greatly respect Jess for the way that she has overcome so much in her life And rather than be a victim, she has chosen to be a survivor and use her experiences to now help other people who are also trying to build better lives for themselves through entrepreneurship. Jess is generous, super wise, hilarious, and totally loud and proud. 
She's definitely worth following on Instagram at jess.cunningham. She gives so much value and her content is super empowering for growing entrepreneurs. In this episode, we talk about the role of money and your relationship with it as a business owner, what creates fear and how you can use specific techniques to become unafraid of what you've been scared of your whole life, the power of the brain and how we have the power to rewire our brain to become less negative and doubtful and more positive and resilient, the entrepreneur's roller coaster and how Jess gets people off the roller coaster to achieve consistency in business, how to deal with your inner critic and imposter syndrome in moments when you need to be super confident in yourself. And this episode is extra special because we recorded it in front of a live audience. So I am going to cut across in three, two, one. Okay, amazing. So obviously, well, whilst I've got you here, I thought it'd also be a good opportunity to record this for the, the podcast. <laughs> um, so I think I told you a little bit about the podcast, but essentially the the podcast is going to be called Millionaire Secrets and you're going to be one of our launch episodes. Amazing. It's because I think what I particularly find interesting about like really successful people and obviously whether we're talking about a million pounds or we're talking about a million followers or we're talking about asset value or even a high net worth of client if you've got to that stage then you've kind of figured out a couple of key things a you've kind of figured out how to increase your income and your earning capabilities without you know getting tied up with your time you've basically learned how to make more money out of your time because obviously we've all only got 24 hours in a day so that's like the first thing i find super interesting yes. and the second thing um is that if you've managed to get to that point where you know yeah you're you know either earning millions or or helping millions i'm not quite um, i'm not quite in the millions yet is i'm hoping the future is good the year well the thing oh, i'm gonna gonna talk about this a bit later on but obviously you work with some really amazing people um and the the fact that you have you know you're in a competitive niche you know as in coaching it's very competitive yeah. and you are working with like really high value clients which is kind of the dream for any coach and i'm a coach myself so you know that's why i'm <laughs> like oh this is amazing um but yeah you know if you've got to that point and anyone who achieves success it's because they've figured out how to really help their specific you know target market or their ideal client um and i say it doesn't really matter what you do um but you've kind of figured out yeah how to be of the best service you can be to that person yeah and i think as well i think what it is with um i think because there's so many different people doing coaching i think what i've what i found with coaching a lot of coaches seem to follow what other coaches do whereas the way i coach i coach from my expertise and i've definitely found my own way to do it so i would say and also i'm under the bloody hell I've worked and I've come, I bet I can't talk about most of the women in the group will be able to appreciate this. How many of you have worked and you've worked to the point of burnout and then you've done it again and then it's happened again? Yeah. 
it's awful, isn't it? And I remember my last burnout I had was in February this year, and I swore I'd never do it again. And before yeah. February, I was earning good money, but nowhere near what I'm doing now. Mm. And I used to think I've got four children. My time is very limited. I'm doing the work anyway. So how can I do the work or do the work I want to do and make more money? Um, and that's what led me into coaching because I know, well, I know pretty much, well, I know everything to do with marketing, PR, sales, um, branding, but I had never really utilized those as a coaching. Like I used to have a PR and marketing agency, but then the thought of being a coach, it just never crossed my mind. And then I got my first coaching client and I absolutely fell in love with it and just seeing the results and just seeing how my clients started to change. Um, and I think when you see that, then you start understanding that well, actually it's okay to add this value of my service onto this because this is the results that I'm having. Um, and yeah. then when you start charging the money they actually worth. And I think one thing I've realized with working with a hell of a lot of women, women, we do not value ourselves. And a lot of women, they are too afraid to actually charge their worth. Um, none of all of my clients, when they first started working, they didn't feel good enough to achieve what they actually wanted to achieve. Um, and that breaks my bloody heart because in front of me, all I see these freaking incredible, amazing, amazing women. And the thing that they lack is the confidence. And then when they've got the confidence and you put a strategy in front of them, they smash it. Whereas if you've got a strategy without the confidence, you don't believe the strategy will work. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, totally. So yeah, so I mean, I'm going to be asking you questions because what you said there about you know, you needed to, you, you recognize you needed to find a way to make more money out of your time because of the fact that you've yeah. gone through burnout. And I'm sure other things like the fact that you have four kids, I'm, you know, I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure that keeps you busy. <laughs> but that's the thing, I think as well, like for me, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not actually money motivated. Like I love money and Nana loves me. I've, I've created a song, which I'm going to get all you ladies sing. It actually attracts money. It's mental. Um, but I love making money. But before the money, I love the sense of achievement. And I love that. Do you know when you accomplish something and you actually get shit done and you get to a point where you wanted to do something, then it happens. You're like, oh, God, that's happened. And one thing I've realized, when I used to do something just for money, just for financial gain, yeah, I'd make it. But then that's when burnout happened. Whereas when I started doing something purely for the love of it, the energy and the passion followed. And I no longer felt drained. I no longer felt like, oh God, this is a blag. It was more like, oh, I can't wait to do it. And I really sort of reignited everything. And like now, everything, like I don't really watch TV, apart from I am slightly obsessed with uh, my children's program called The Next Step. If anyone's got girls who are around eight or nine, it's really <laughs> obsessive. Um, and yeah, and I think that's when the shift really happened. Um, and now I'm in the second phase of, of the, the coaching phase where I'm actually going more into groups and helping more women as a collective within a group. Um, mm. And again, from from a coaching point of view, that that for me is again the dream because I'm helping more women. It's more accessible. My children are there. I've had, I brought my mum over. Like literally she came over this morning. She's like, oh bloody hell, that snake pass is dangerous. Yeah, she's come from Lancashire. So I could come to you guys tonight. She's like, it's bloody closed. It's not going to be open. So I've got all four kids in there and my mum. So if you hear them, I'll have to apologise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, I think as well, a lot of the time when you aren't making the money that you desire to make, it's, it's never really to do with having the lack of ideas. It's actually to do with having the lack of confidence to charge A, what you're worth, or B, what you can. That's what the biggest shift for me was. And also, yeah, when you start attracting the right clients to you, 
you then be, you don't be you don't come shy about asking for what you're worth or what your value is mm. um whereas if you if you've got money blocks and money block, i don't know if any if any of you guys know or have heard of money blocks but the real thing so money block is an energetic block to do with money which limits your belief around money so if you were brought up well in poverty if you were brought up with parents not having much um your subconscious holds on to that so when you have money it will feel uncomfortable and your subconscious is saying no oh, feels uncomfortable this isn't right this isn't right and then the money goes and then when you have money again it feels uncomfortable so then you may self-sabotage um, it's like a vicious cycle but if you work on your self-worth and you have money blocks and work on them you'll naturally start to make more because you'll believe you can make more and then you'll start asking for well demanding what you're worth again i, I keep feeling like i'm waffling <laughs> it's very interesting it's really interesting um okay what i thought would be actually good fun um just yeah. so kind of myself and everyone here can just get to know you a little bit is i've got some like rapid fire questions so okay. no, no waffling <laughs> <laughs> as quick of answers as you can um but yeah and then we'll get into some really juicy juicy topics that you know i know both you and i are passionate about and i know people here are really keen to hear about so okay so first rapid fire question where do you live uh, so I live in Sheffield, but I'm actually moving over to Lancashire. Oh, okay. And where did you grow up? At Burnley. <laughs> what was your first job? Oh my gosh, I was a pie girl selling pies at Burnley Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what did that job teach you? Oh my god, it took it took a lot of things actually because I was only I think it was like my friend's mum, she she was the one who employed everyone, so I was only 13 at the time. And like she used to pay us double the money. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Burnley Football Club did not know this. But I'd be like, oh bloody hell, I've got more than I thought here in my bank. Um <laughs> but also I think it taught me it, it really grounded me because you meet so many different people and we're working on the away stand as well, may I add. Um, so it really grounded me. It like, taught me to really like get your hands stuck in. And because my first job was like 13, 14, um, I just loved working. And that's when I got a real taste of independence. And I absolutely I thrived on it. I loved it. I loved being able to have my own money. I've uh, been able to go to like, shopping, River Island at the time. Um, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, who is your favorite person in the world right now? Oh, I've got well, I've got six. My family. <laughs> um, yeah, although although sometimes they do irritate me. Um, but no, they are. They're always my favourite people. Amazing. Um, what time do you get up in the morning, and what's the first thing you do? Oh God, do you know what? So I like I realise that some people on LinkedIn don't like hearing this answer. So sometimes I'll get up at four. This is a real rarity though. If I've got shitloads to do. I get up at four, but generally it's five o'clock. Well, quarter to five, then I'm up downstairs having a coffee at the gym for five. Okay, Do not say that on LinkedIn, you'll get abused, okay? <laughs> um, what is your definition of success right now? Um, do you know what? I think it's, first and foremost, happiness, health, and balance. Um, if you've got them, and I know this sounds really cheesy and really cliche, but honestly, I've had like shitloads of money and been miserable. And then I've had like decent money and been really happy. Um, and I know which I prefer. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the fact that I, the fact I've got financial freedom, I can afford to do what I want to do. I'm healthy. My kids are happy. My kids are healthy. Um, I've got a lovely relationship. Like there's always room for improvement in any area. Um, and also I just, I feel very content. And I think that's a really, really good place to be. Amazing. Um, 
What's the bravest thing you've ever done? <laughs> what is the bravest thing you've ever done? Um, I don't know. Um, I think, do you know, it's a weird question that. And I, so with all the work I do, I work a lot with the subconscious. And when you have random memories, your random memories are always like the secrets to how you are in day to day. Anyway, so there was this one particular moment when like, I was getting bullied at school and I must have been about 14 or 15 and I really didn't want to go into school. Like I just did not want to go. Mum was like, you have to go. And I was like, I don't want to go. But I went and it was absolutely fine. But because I went that one time, I genuinely believe I had this huge spurt of growth. And what I'm trying to do now, if anything like scares me or if anything, if I feel like fearful of anything, I try and just do it anyway because it's never as bad as you actually play it out to be in your head. And what I found is when you, when I feel scared, I'm like, oh, and you just do it, it's actually a hell of a lot better. And it's actually like, oh my God, this is amazing. And generally, every time I've done something like that, opportunity is always followed. But I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and like the secret and everything. So I do believe, um, yeah. So I don't know whether I'm making it up in my head and I'm just like, yeah, it's because of the secret or whether that's what it is. What it is. Okay, amazing. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of these things, I think I'm probably going to want to revisit, but we'll see what time allows. But yeah, super interesting. The, yeah, the, the way you think about something is obviously the what you create, isn't it? So yeah, anyway, right, back to rapid fire. <laughs> um, what is your 2020 goal? Double 22 goal, I want to hit the million. <laughs> That is a try, try <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, um, and I just think I, I wanted to hit the million when I was 20, but I think during your 20 and you're really silly, naive, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 20. And then it turns out actually that that was a lot harder than anticipated. Um, but that is actually the goal for this year to hit that. Like, I've got a really big goal for March. Um, yeah, that's, that's the goal. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> What are you finding difficult in your life or business right now? Um, I find difficult in my life. Do you know what, so, so right, so when I go through like a busy spurt, I find it difficult when I've got the kids and then I think having that balance between mum girl, because I love my kids, like my kids are absolutely everything, but I absolutely love what I do at the same time. So it's that guilt between work and that guilt between mum and then also I love my partner. So it's the guilt between him, it's that, and it's just kind of the balance. Whereas I do genuinely believe that you can have the balance in your life. And I believe I've got it, but obviously you don't have it all of the time. So sometimes kids take priority. Sometimes your business takes priority. Sometimes your partner takes a priority. Um, but at the moment, I think because my little one, like the youngest isn't sleeping and then I'm working and then I've got everything else to do. Like that is what I find difficult trying to work at full capacity when sometimes you feel tired then when you feel tired you feel grumpy and then when you feel grumpy you're like I'm not being the best Jessica I can be what is something that not many people know about you oh god um what's some people oh god, no. do you read the newspaper <laughs> I don't know um what's something that people don't know about? oh I don't know what is it? There's loads of stuff. Um, oh, what is something? Oh, I can juggle. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. How often do you use that skill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I'm trying to impress the kids' friends, I'm like, look, yeah, look how, look how cool your friend's mum is. <laughs> oh, dear. Amazing. And last one. So, obviously, I run a women's networking group called High Flying Women. And 
I ask all my members this when they come to the events. I basically, I want you to finish this sentence. A powerful okay. woman is dot, dot, dot. Strong. Amazing. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs> no, I'll stick at that. Um, no, I just think a powerful woman is strong. And the thing is to, be, to have strength. Like strength can show up in all different forms. It can show up in vulnerability. It can show up um, in consistency. It can show up in kindness. Because um, sometimes, like I think strong is such... Well, I think it's, just, it's a generic word, but it has so many different meanings. Um, and I think to be powerful, I think you have to be strong in, in all different elements of life. But showing up strong doesn't mean physically or mentally. It can actually be being a little bit vulnerable or being honest and open. Amazing. And I think that leads us nicely into our kind of topic for this evening. Um, because, so obviously... Um, with my committee we were discussing kind of what we wanted February's events event to be and I mean public speaking is just something that comes up time and time again um we were talking about it earlier saying that it's like the number one fear above death so and that's well, that's actually a statistic so the number one fear that people have is public speaking and number two is death so when you think about it people fear giving the eulogy more than they fear <laughs> being in the coffin. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I mean, I followed you for a little while and, um, and we were talking about it and, you know, Hannah Mitchell was the one who was like, why don't we get, why don't we see if Jess is up for it? Because I mean, when I watch your videos, like I am inspired because oh, it is you. something, no, totally. Like it's something that I have personally struggled with and still struggle with is being like, unapologetically authentic and just speaking my truth without worrying that somebody else is sat on the other end going oh she's talking bollocks or oh like do you know what I mean and and I think I think that's where a lot of the source of the fear comes from isn't it it's the it's you know yeah, go on. With the, with the type of work that I do, so there's, with the type of work I do, part of the life coach and part of the mindset and performance stuff, I work with like the subconscious and the meridian points. So what happens when you have a fear of public speaking or when you have a fear of anything or an anxiety, a panic, and like a depression, you've actually just been triggered. So for people who have the fear of public speaking, actually thinking about public speaking, it's triggered them, then it's taken them back to multiple experiences within their life where they felt that same fear. But the start of that fear, the association to be with public speaking, will be feeling hugely embarrassed in front of a group of people, or it would be um, not performing well. So it could be back to a school play, or it could be, I don't know, if you are, if you walk on stage somewhere, or you've been told off. Um, and that's generally where that fear comes from, but you can get rid of it and you can get rid of it by, I know it sounds really cliche, but talking to the inner child, working with the meridian points. Um, does anybody in, in the audience have a fear of public speaking? Or when I'm talking about it, can you feel that fear? Does anybody have it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's uh, nodding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a quick one then. So um, what is the fear? Like, is it fear? So if you just imagine now stepping out on the stage in front of like five, five, 600 people, is it like a, yeah. 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 So would you describe it as fear or anxiety? Yes, I think for me, I would probably say anxiety yeah. more. But that's okay. probably because I know what that feels like. So like, if you just tap on the crown of your head and then just say out loud, all oh, this fear, all oh, this anxiety, 
all this fear, all this anxiety. And if you do that, what happens if you can fit it only if you can feel the emotion, a memory will come up. It might feel like a random memory that's completely unassociated with how you feel. But the first memory that comes up as you're talking about the emotion that you feel is always associated with it. And then what you do when that memory comes up, you work with that memory and you clear the response you had in that moment and you work back. It's fascinating. Mm. But you can literally get, and because all that is, all the fear of public speaking, it's a limiting belief about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, because I've worked, so I've worked with coaches for years now. I always have my own coach and something that I, something that cause I understand, like I understand you can reprocess uh, childhood memories and like I've definitely made humongous progress. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's something about speaking, especially when I know that there's something at stake. Like, we're in front of these ladies, I'm I'm okay because, you know, yeah. there's not, you know, but worst case scenario is that some of them think I'm a bit of an idiot. But, you know what, I can probably survive. <laughs> Whereas, you know, if I feel like, if there was someone sat in this audience that, you know, was like, I don't know, they could maybe, I don't know, become some sort of big client or something. Um, and I was aware of that. Yeah. Even though, like, I can do all these, like, logical exercises, my body, like, it has its own, like, my body does the same thing. Yeah, so my heart's going, like, yeah. I go bright okay. red, I'm sweating, and, and I'm trying to, like, implement all these techniques that I've learned about. Right. So my body's just not listening. <laughs> all that's happened, you're just being triggered. And that's mm-hmm. it. And then if you can, I bet even now you talking about that is probably making your palms sweat. You make like you feel like you're probably on stage, not to the extent you're on the stage, but a little bit like that. So again, what you can do or what I do with my clients, we work on that emotion and on the trigger. And then we can find out exactly where the trigger started. You break, like you literally, you break the connection and you just don't have that same fear. And mm-hmm. it's, like it's I can't it's you have to experience it to know what the hell I'm going on about because especially if you've got a fair public speaking like yeah cool whatever Jessica um <laughs> but this is the stuff I do with my clients and I'll give you an example so I never ever ever I'd feel really embarrassed about messaging clients or I'd feel kind of like I was a burden or I'd feel like oh, I can't do that can't do that can't message them um or I just feel stupid and I'd feel like oh what if I get rejected what if they say no and like I'm talking like big people whereas now because I've done all this work and this energy stuff and I'm not getting triggered, um, I don't give a shit. I'll literally message people who want to message them. Or before bloody hell, if someone owed me money, I could not ask for that money. Oh, if I'd done work for someone and they hadn't paid their invoice, I'd be like, oh, can't ask that money, it won't be cheeky. I'd be really cheeky asking for my money, oh no. Whereas now, but again, it's triggered, triggered from stuff that's happened. So as soon as you get rid of the trigger, there's no energy stopping you from actually doing it. And it's the same with public speaking. So, have you always well I'm assuming that you've learned this stuff somewhere along the way and you didn't always used to be this wise <laughs> no I have I, I have Beth and I've always been this wise <laughs> you were born this wise um where did the journey start for you where you were kind of like do you know what I've got this stuff I probably could you know I probably I probably can be a better version of myself what was you know the moment what? Oh God, there's a few. So I think, um, so this actually, this is not public knowledge. Like it's, it's not a secret, but it's not like out there, out there. Um, so when I was very little, I, um, when I was very little, I was abused like by a close family friend from the ages of four to eight, but I'd suppressed the memories up until being 29. So 
I'd always been on like the self-help spiritual journey and I'd always read self-help books. I'd always feel compelled to them. I'd always feel compelled to holistic healing um, and mindset stuff like people absolutely fascinated me. And I was always into, if I felt a certain way, trying to fix how I felt or understand how I felt like this is the stuff. I literally live and breathe it. I love it. I love people. I love how they process. Um, so I would say my journey really started from, from very young, from being not young, like four to eight, but kind of when I first left school and I started getting into books and reading. And then when I left school, that's actually when I started to learn. I mean, I really enjoyed learning. And then probably when all my memories started coming back at 29, that's when I really ramped everything up. I was like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? What, what the hell is this? It's bloody crazy. When I was experienced anything like it, you feel like you're going mental. Um, and then shortly after that, like a couple of years ago, we had another tragedy within the family. And again, that's kind of when I was just like, wow, there has to be something that something else that I can do which can help myself and also other people. And that's, that's really when everything started getting ramped up. So it wasn't a case of, when did it happen? It was a case of, I, this is just always what I've been passionate about and this is always what I've loved. Like, and also as well, like marketing. And I think I love marketing and PR because it's to do with people's behaviours and it's to do with trends. And um, But I just find, I find people fascinating and how people think and feel and, yeah. So I think it's, so in, in the rapid answer, um, I think it's been continuous. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And, I mean, are you okay to talk a little bit about what happened a couple of years ago so but again this is the weird thing so when I used to talk about what happened um I'd get triggered and then I couldn't I'd I'd get triggered then I'd go into like a depression for like four or five days um, and it would take me a long time to pull myself back up whereas when I did like the mass healing when I went and did my practitioner's course in like the tapping I cleared so much stuff so now when I talk about stuff I don't get emotional or if I do get emotional it's because I've been triggered but now instead of going really low it's just like a little dip and then I've got the tools to bring me back up again Mm, okay um because yeah because it's something because obviously you know what happened to you unfortunately it became public knowledge like oh are you oh so you're um I'm just thinking with that because the uh children in there are we okay Okay. yeah no that's fine no that's fine you answer the question anyway, because you answer the question anyway. I was just going to say, like, you know, obviously we all have stuff that happens in our personal lives and we all have to find a way to carry on. Um, yeah. But I think it's, that, well, that's, that's exactly it. Everyone has stuff that happens. Everyone has really bad stuff that happens and really good stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. That's life. And I think this is, if we have the tools to deal with the bad stuff, then we're like that it allows us to process the emotion it allows us to heal and one thing i've realized you have to if you have had trauma big or little you have to feel the pain to release the pain to grow because it's the pain and i know this sounds crazy but it's the pain that holds you down and that suppresses you and that makes you form all these beliefs about yourself that you're not good enough you're not worthy you're not desirable um you don't deserve this you don't deserve that and it is it's the it's the fear and the trauma Whereas when you feel the pain, you release it, then you start thinking, no, actually, I do deserve this. I am worthy. I am good enough. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, with what you're doing nowadays, yeah. within your, because obviously you've mentioned your group coaching programs, what kind of stuff, what kind, what kind of stuff are you teaching people? And 
yeah, yeah so how can it help especially in this kind of public speaking area because obviously well, this is a core area for people okay cool so i've actually got um, a public speaking event happening on sunday which is the art of public speaking and if any of you did want to come um, i'll speak to beth and sort you out a discount code um that's one event and with that it's literally going into everything so everyone has a story and what i've what i've realized we're talking and working with my clients a lot of these stories are amazing and need to be told but people don't understand um how to actually format the story or how to present it in a certain way um, and i'll give you an example most people think that public speaking is i think it's like 70 percent to do with uh, movement and body language that is a huge part but if you just all close your eyes for a second and then just tell me how you react to these different words passionate calm sad happiness inspired did you have a slightly different energy with each of those words Mm. yeah totally yeah so again it's kind of there's little things which you can do to really engage the audience and just to really um just to captivate them so that's what the art of public speaking is about and it's also going into um creating lead generation so how you can actually create leads to do speaking how to actually have the confidence to do it how to get rid of the bloody triggers um what else how to put on your own events so a lot of the stuff if um i get booked for quite a few public speaking gigs but then also i put my own events on um, but the events I put on, they're always to offer value to the people that are coming. And I think if you have got a story and you have got a skill and it's useful to people, you can start putting your own events on and start getting the message out there. But again, quite a few people, they don't know how to do that or they're unsure to do that. So that's everything that we're covering in the art of public speaking. And I've got an amazing speaker actually coming to that. He's, is it, does anyone remember the cigarette brand Death Cigarettes? Yes, it was a good few years ago, 10 years ago. Do you remember them or not? <laughs> I don't personally. <laughs> I don't think anyone heard of either. <laughs> um, but he's a great guy, but he's coming to speak at it. Um, and then the actual group, the group coaching program. So when I've done groups before and I've worked on one-on-ones, the group program just has the most amazing energy. And actually it's a lot more accessible for people. So within the group program, because a lot of, and again, I don't know what stage you guys are at with your business, um, but most people, when they start a business, they don't think about the brand identity, they don't think about PR, they don't think about the route to market. Um, they just have this brilliant idea and a hell of a lot of passion, which they know they want to make work, but then they lack the skill set or the knowledge to actually make it work like a business and function like a business. And, ge and generally what you find is they go on the entrepreneur's roller coaster where everything is full throttle, everything's going really, really well to start off with. And then all of a sudden it goes downhill, then it goes up, then it goes down, then it goes up, then it goes down. And then they're thinking, should I just get the nine to five? Should I quit, <laughs> should I quit this and go back to work? Um, so it's kind of with the group, it's teaching people how to have that consistency, the strategy as well as the mindset work because the mindset work is fundamentally one of the most important parts to success because if you have the mind and the energy and the belief you can make it work and then you have the strategy in front of you that baby is going to bloody work <laughs> yeah um and again with the group program having a group of women in there that are in the same boat in the same situation i mean you guys will know you you've all come this evening you're all there you're all sat you all want to learn you're all eager um that's what it's about and it's a great energy and you know yourself like when you have a good group of women um and everyone's supporting each other you feel like you can take on the bloody world well yeah. i do anyway <laughs> no, totally. um okay well i'm just gonna see if anyone wants to ask you a question so 
open it up to the audience. Anyone have any questions for Jeff? Um, first question. Um, what advice would you give to anyone thinking about going it alone with a business idea? Okay, so if you're thinking about going alone, it is possibly one of the best things you'll ever do. Um, but at the same time, you might want to feel like you want to like get your hair out. Now, if you if you've got no budget, you can absolutely learn to do everything yourself. It just takes an investment of your time um, and, and prepared for the headaches. Um, if you work on your mindset and your belief system, that will keep you going and that will give you grit. If you've got budget, get the best people in to do the jobs because that will take away the bloody headache. They know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> and that's why you've got experts in. Um, yeah. But that would be, but first and foremost, always work on your mindset and always work on your energy because when you have the really shitty days, if you know how to pull yourself back up or you can see it from a logical point of view, it gets you through it. And I'll give you an example. So years and years ago, if like when you said the marketing company, if clients didn't convert, I'd take it really to heart and I'd feel like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm failing. Oh God, it's all going to go wrong. It's all going to go wrong. Whereas now, if a client doesn't convert, it's like, okay, so they're not converted. So either we're not the right match, um, it's not the right time. And I've just seen it as a different point of view. And I haven't attached my my worth, as you will, onto monetary value. My worth is my skill set, which I'll always have and will continue to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that totally. Because when I had a recruitment business, it was like I was personally invested in it, you know, 24-7. And if you know, somebody had let a client down and driving and turn up, I would take it personally as, you know, that it was a dig at me. But now I can pick and choose who I want, you know, who I want to work with yeah. and who I don't. If, and if they don't yeah. want to work with me, fine, I'm really not bothered. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think that's, yeah. that's experience, though. That's 20 years down the line. But, you know, I'm a bit more resilient, I suppose, is the word. And that's it. And I think if, it, if you are just starting out, the resilience part, it's really easy for us to sit in, but yeah, you gotta be resilient, you gotta be resilient. But when you've just gone alone, you've got bills to pay, you've got kids to yeah. feed, you've got this idea and it's not going the way you thought it would go. It's really bloody hard to be resilient. She's like, look yeah. how resilient, who's paying the mortgage? Um, and I get that completely, but this is, there's a few really simple techniques what you could do and I'll give you one. Every time you have a negative thought, you've got to think of five to 10 positive thoughts straight away. At first, it feels really, really weird because usually what happens when you have a negative thought, do you then have a downward spiral of negative thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas that one negative thought creates a feeling and an emotion, which then brings on more negative thoughts. So as soon as you have that one thought, which creates that one feeling, when you replace the negative thoughts with five to 10 positive, it creates a different feeling. When you practice this consistently, you start forming new neural pathways in your brain and your brain literally starts to rewire itself. So instead of having a negative response to a negative thought, because as soon as that feeling hits, sends the message to your brain, your brain then sends a different feeling to your body, which brings up positive um, associations. Does that make, am I making sense? Yeah. <laughs> but this is how you start building a positive mindset and, and more resilience. That's just one little technique. Um, Something I, I find, public speaking, I'm, I'm all right with, yeah. um, but is the knowing my worth. And Beth will tell you that. I'm an absolute nightmare for it. Um, because I, when I exited my business five years ago, it was a brand. So yeah. this year, last year when I launched my business, it's only just me. Uh, and I find that really strange and really hard to sort of 
promote myself. So, so, so you find it hard to promote yourself, is that what you mean? Yeah, because I've always, even though I've, I've built businesses, it's always been like yeah. behind your name, even though every client, you know, would have associated that business with me. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. of a barrier. Okay, and now it's so. me, I find that really difficult. So what I would do then, so I, I don't like, I don't sit there, I don't think that I actively promote myself, but what I do, I create content which is useful to the people who follow me. So when I do these videos, um, the videos generally have something which the viewer can take away, which adds value to the life, to the business, to whatever it is, or is quite thought provoking. But what that's doing because I'm just talking about what I know, it's building me up as the authority and the expert. And that's how you get clients. That's how you get people tagging. So self-promotion, if you want that, get a PR company. Um, if, you, if you feel uncomfortable doing it, just start talking about what you know, because people will listen. And actually, you, you're just becoming the expert. And if you, know, if you know your stuff, that's okay to talk about it. Whereas no one wants to sit there and listen to someone going, I am bloody fantastic. I'm shit out me. Ooh, I'm really great. Because it doesn't <laughs> sound authentic, does it? Whereas what I've just spoke about and that like, to do with the energy points and that like the and like the feelings, that makes sense. So, like I'm hoping a few of you will be like, Oh, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, she must know what she's talking about. <laughs> if you don't, I've not done my job right. <laughs> right. My next question. What advice would you give to anyone contemplating going on the apprentice? Oh, do it. <laughs> Honestly, do it. It's it's such um that really really opens so many doors i'll be forever grateful for that um but the mistake i made i went on i wanted to win first and foremost but then i got carried away with like the fame part i got carried away with chasing this tv career and what happened i lost my focus whereas i wish if i could do my time again i would 100 percent do it different and what i mean by that is I would focus on this stuff where, and I think the reason why I was chasing the fame is because I think because everything like this, so all my memories came back two weeks before I went on to the apprentice. So literally I was like, Oh, put it in a box, deal with it later. And up until that point, I'd always wanted validation. And I think if you go on it and if you, if any definitely apply for it, but go on it with the aim to further your career, but not because the fame thing, it don't last. And it is, it's really, it's a really fickle industry and it, it's not a, it's a fun industry but it's not a fun industry to be in um but it does open a lot of doors and opportunity wise it's it's amazing but i just wish i would have done it a little bit different when i came out amazing thanks jess thank hi um hi. i'm lauren um hi, so i've got a question um i do a lot of pitching with my job i'm a, I'm a corporate fundraiser and i find that if i'm going to a big stakeholder meeting when I'm like walking to the meeting, my inner critic is so detrimental to, to how I perform in that meeting. And I find it really hard to battle that. So okay. I want to know how, you, how do you deal with your inner critic when you're sort of going to big meetings or public speaking or interviews? Yes. Yeah. So again, and it all comes back to you being triggered. So what we'll do, um, if we've got time, I'll show you just a really simple technique to get rid of those feelings instantly. And it's called EFT, Emotional Freedom Tapping. This is just one part of the technique but it reduces that. And also, if you've got the inner critic, what you've got there is actually an imposter. It's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. So one thing I would do, and one thing I teach my clients to do, if you do suffer with imposter syndrome or the inner critic, 
you can't you can't wing your whole life you just it's, it's impossible to wing your whole life and to get high up and to be in the positions you're in it just don't happen you have to have skill set to get to that point otherwise you'd be fired otherwise you wouldn't get new clients whereas most people when they have the inner critic or imposter syndrome they often feel like oh people they're gonna find me out they're gonna think i'm a fraud they're gonna know i'm a fraud yeah. they're gonna know i'm swinging it um so what i would say is when you have that, just before you go in, write down five amazing successes that you've had and then sit with the piece of paper. Oh, I've got a shiver as I'm saying that. Um, sit with the piece of paper and read over each success, but allow your brain to take you back to that moment where you had that success. Because if your brain takes you back, again, that will evoke these calm emotions, these feelings of excitement. And then when you go in there, you're not going to feel the inner critic. And again, do the positive reframing. So when you've got the inner critic, do the five steps and then talk positive to yourself talk kindly to yourself because when you start talking i mean how many how many of you there talk nice to yourself and like well kind kindly how many of you yeah yeah because when we talk like ruby and i used to do this all the time bloody hell i used to i used to hate who i was i used to have low self-confidence really low self-esteem i used to just feel just just not how i was now but the big problem with that is I was talking to myself like bloody shit. Whereas as soon as I started talking nice to myself and kind to myself, and like I would to one of my best friends, um, I actually started gaining like self-respect and self-loathing. And then when I found myself talking nasty to myself, I was like, oh no, I don't deserve that. Brilliant, that's really useful. Thank you. Also, <laughs> I was gonna say this at the start, but when I was doing my research on you, um, and you have a Wikipedia page. Do you know you have a Wikipedia page? Yeah, apparently I'm a multimillionaire. I'm five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, one thing I wanted to ask you was how true is the Wikipedia page? Because actually, it's it's it seems fairly factual. Like it doesn't seem to. <laughs> it depends what you're asking, mate. Um, <laughs> I was in a low budget horror film when I was back at twenty two. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Um, is that what you mean? Oh, go on. What, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The the horror film. Oh God, yeah. So basically, when I, I think it was about 22 or 23, and I used to have a video marketing company called Viditize, and the guy that did my video recording was like, Jess, we're making a film, do you want to be in it? And I thought, how many people can say they've been in the film? I thought, yeah, <laughs> I do want to be in it, this is great. <laughs> Although saying that though, it was sold in Asda, I was like, bloody hell, awful film, I've not even watched it myself. Um, but I've had messages of like, family and friends like, Jess... <laughs> didn't continue your film career after that one <laughs> amazing well we've uh, taken up quite a lot of your time but there is a there is just oh, a, one kind of final question that i think with bearing in mind the kind of theme of the podcast um so obviously i'm you know i'm trying to interview you know super successful people and really figure figure out what are they doing either differently or you know what's what are they doing perhaps more of or perhaps less of so yeah. jessica cunningham what is your millionaire secret do you know what i think it's i think it's not overthinking and i think again when we are business owners sometimes it can be really difficult to give someone else the job to do whereas one thing i've realized the more you outsource your life and the more you give other people the jobs to do that actually you don't really need to do. As long as they do a good enough job to a standard which is acceptable, outsource your bloody life. Like that is the bit like literally the more stuff you can outsource and the more stuff that you can give other people the responsibility of to do with your business, the, the easier it is. 
Amazing, I love that. Well, unless anybody has any final questions, um, I think we're gonna say thank you very much and it's been an absolute pleasure and you've added so much value and... I hope so, but thank you for having me. I really, oh yeah, it's been lovely. Yeah, of course. Um, hopefully we'll get to meet in person sometime in the future. No, <laughs> summer. Yeah, absolutely, when, the, when we're not, yeah relying on the weather um but yeah thank you so much and go and enjoy the rest of your evening with your beautiful children amazing thank you guys and thank you ladies bye oh, thank you thank you bye, bye thank you for listening to this episode and actually this is the one secret that i really don't want you to keep to yourself i want you to share this So if you know someone who you know needs to hear this message of inspiration right now, please share this episode with them. I believe the more successful entrepreneurs we have in this world, the more people who are living their version of success without sacrifice, the more problems we are going to solve on this planet, which has a lot of problems right now. And as promised, I am also doing a very useful giveaway right now for business owners. So if you share this with three friends and leave me a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, screenshot the proof, DM it to me on Instagram at Beth and Jepson. I am going to draw one of you at random every two weeks and gift you a half-day strategy session for free where we will build you a killer business strategy for whatever your version of success is. So if you have something that you're currently stuck on, or if you've maybe been stuck on something for a while, or something's been set on the back burner for a while, you may actually not be a business owner currently. Your business idea may be the very thing set on the back burner. Well, now it's time to take the right things the appropriate things off the back burner obviously I'll help you figure out what they are but let's do it now is the right time my friend so let's create the step-by-step plan together share this with three friends five star review screenshot dm me on instagram at beth and jepson and this free strategy session where we'll do it on a one-to-one basis on zoom could be yours I've had clients completely transform their business after these strategy half-day sessions whilst we've been in lockdown. This is a thing that is working right now. So the last couple of episodes, I shared with you what my client Izzy achieved after having one of these half-day strategy sessions that were up for grabs. So I thought I'd share with you a couple more stories. Pauline, who is an empowerment coach for midlife women, made £1,500 less than six days after our session. Anne, who is a parenting coach, generated four new clients. And Becky launched her group program after months and months of being stuck. And this all happened off the back of this half-day strategy session that you can also get your hands on for free. So make sure you do share this with three friends, leave a five-star review, show me the proof on Instagram at Beth and Jackson, because now is your time. Thanks again for listening to Millionaire Secrets. And don't forget, knowledge is only power when you take action on it. I don't want the secrets in this podcast to stay secret for long. So go away, 
implement the advice given in this podcast and let me know your results. Enjoy!